Hey, entrepreneurs, it's Steph here. Do you want to experience what it's like to be part of our Entrepreneurial League community of founders? Now is your chance. New member open enrollment begins on June 10th, and so does our Experience Week. I really want you to have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be part of the most supportive community that will be here to support you at all stages of your business journey during our Experience Week. This will be a five-day virtual event series, and it starts on Monday, June 10th through Friday, June 14th. You're going to get access to live networking and learning events, business growth strategies, as well as office hours with Kim Perel, who is a CEO and serial entrepreneurista, as well as a prominent angel investor. You will also get access to a session on how to win grants with Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn, founders of Power to Pitch. Plus, our mentor, Carrie Kirpin, will be teaching a session all about how to build a profitable business that can sell for more money. And of course, I'll be hosting two info and networking sessions where you can really get an inside look at all of the exclusive benefits and resources that are offered only inside of our Entrepreneurs League community. Plus, you'll have the chance to meet and build relationships with current members. You can register today for Experience Week over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week. That's entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week to join us for a week of free virtual events. I cannot wait to meet you and be part of your business journey. I can go to LinkedIn right now and I could change my profile and say that I am the founder of Sephora. No one can stop me. But in blockchain, when you go somewhere, the schools you go to, the jobs you have, there will be NFTs for that. And those NFTs will define and show your actual experience. Michelle Reeves is the co-founder and CEO of Mavion, a Web3 solution offering game-changing fashion NFTs that fully integrates and certifies physical and digital goods. Their digital assets and NFTs transform your fashion purchases into investments. And Michelle is at the forefront of pioneering the Web3 space for women. Coming up, Michelle shares her early experience getting into the cryptocurrency game, a crash course on NFT history, and current crypto lingo, how NFTs protect small-scale artists and designers, and Michelle shares her tips for blockchain navigation, and finally, how you can get started today in the Web3 space. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters. No limits. And plenty of surprises. Michelle, we are so excited to be speaking with you today. Selfishly for me, I wanted to have you on because one of my goals for this year is to learn as much as possible about Web3 and NFTs and what better way to do so than to bring in someone who is in it. So can you share with everyone what led you to the space? 
Oh, of course. And Stephanie and Courtney, thank you so much for having me on. I love what you're doing. And this is one of the, one of the fun parts of my job to speak with interesting people doing interesting things and, you know, hopefully sharing some of our experiences with others to be, to be useful. Uh, so what brought me here? Gosh, it, it feels like it's a li- it's been a lifetime to get to a space where I actually feel like I've, I've been waiting for this. Uh, I've never felt actually more at home in, in Web3 than I do now. So I think it goes back to 2016. That's when I first got involved in crypto. And back in 2016, it was so clunky. If you actually met anyone who would talk about things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, or even knew what a platform like Coinbase was, it was that was a true unicorn. You had found your person and you would geek out together. And back then you had to proactively research and want to learn about the space for yourself. You know, you had to really work hard to educate in any way. And so I think by doing that, it really helped me get some skin in the game. You know, I mean, I'm unfortunately not a Bitcoin billionaire, but but enough where, you know, it mattered for me to care and to see a headline and then read the article and to find others and join conversations that we could learn from each other. And I think that kind of just put me in this very interesting but curious mindset. Flash forward, the year is now 2020. I have my uh, Web2 company with my co-founder. It's called The Accessory Junkie. And we're working with independent designers around the world. And our company was selected to be part of Techstars, which is a tech accelerator. We were in the Colorado program. And way back in February of 2020, which was a million years ago, we were talking about gaming. Back then, there was no talk of Web3. It was really just known as gaming. And we thought about how can we scale scarcity in fashion using digital assets and AR filters and all of these investors and advisors and really smart people in the tech space came together and we agreed. We nodded heads. This is brilliant. This is exciting. But this is way, way too early. The consumer is not here yet. Fashion and gaming and tech and AR filters Yes, we see it, but it's going to be a heavy lift to do that now. So let's put that plan in place and let's come back in maybe three to five years, see where the consumer is at. Well, fast forward, a a pandemic, digital identities have totally changed. And in July of last year, we realized it wasn't going to be five years, it was going to be now. So we brought those plans on the roadmap forward. And in the, the second half of last year, we created this Web3 extension to our company, Mavion, and we launched uh, in Q1 of this year. Can you explain what the Accessories Junkie was as a business when you first launched it, what the idea behind it was, and what is it now? Yes. So we we see the world bursting with beauty. I'm from Australia originally. My co-founder is uh, Filipino-American. We've both lived and traveled around the world. And we see these incredibly talented artisans. You know, There's a, a 40 million community of talented independent designers across cultures and countries, but they're really left to fend for themselves. You know, they're making 20 of an earring and 50 of a certain necklace. And yes, there's Etsy, but we did the kind of the math behind it. And for any designer on Etsy to reach a new customer, specifically in the US, there's a 
4% chance they'll be able to find a new customer. That's six zeros before I said the number four, which is basically impossible. They don't have marketing budgets to compete. They don't have time or the capacity to understand SEO strategies. So they're really limited to their local markets, their weekend markets. And so we created the Accessory Junkie to be this platform to bring them together to create volume where there isn't volume and put their products in front of a global audience and create partnerships with retailers like Nordstrom. And that was incredible for us and for these designers, you know, for a designer in Chile to have her necklace now be shopped by a customer in Michigan, that was just not possible before that. So we, we, we saw that there was definitely something to bringing these designers together but it still felt like there were limitations in Web2. And we were trying to figure out, how do we scale scarcity? This designer makes 50 necklaces. But how can we create longevity so she doesn't have to keep going back to the studio to keep making one by one these beautiful products? And that's where this you know, notion of Web3 and gaming came about for digital assets that can, you know, we can have millions of digital assets, not just 50 of a physical necklace. And how does Mavian solve that problem? Great question. We talk about how our NFT company was born to solve the problems that Web2 couldn't. So the, the big issues in Web2, one, of course, IP, IP protection. We see it all the time, whether you're a fashion designer, a graphic designer, or our own independent designers for these accessories. They would launch a beautiful collection, and then three, four months later, we see it completely knocked off in these big box retailers. And there's nothing they can do about that. So NFTs, A, timestamp and protect IP. They're not going to stop retailers from stealing ideas, but now we have undeniable proof who created this design first. And if they need to, they now have that evidence and the strength to take those big retailers on in a way that they've never had before. Uh, the second thing, scale. To scale in Web2, the only way to do that was to mass produce. Take this beautiful, unique collection of rings, but factory make them and mass produce them, and now we can scale your business. That just wasn't going to work for any of these designers. And for the consumer, that's not why they're buying it. They want something that feels unique and different to everybody else. So these NFTs are being minted. That means they're being added to the blockchain. And every NFT from Mavion features a limited edition accessory from one of 16 different designers. So maybe Courtney, you mint a Mavion and she's got an emerald earring. And Stephanie, you mint a Mavion and she's got a big, bold gold cuff. Good news, you're gonna receive the physical piece that's featured in your NFT artwork. So you can wear that and rock that in real life. But we're also going to do something for you. We're gonna turn that NFT into your own mini retail empire. So that bold cuff, that emerald earring, we will make into a gaming asset that could be used for various avatars, AR filters. And every time one of those units sells, that's a collaboration of royalty or revenue that, is, that didn't exist before. And you as the holder will receive royalties from that, as well as the independent designer of the piece. And so that just is revenue that just comes into your wallet. You don't have to do anything. But it's, it's empowering, it's exciting. And now you're a part of this retail story in ways that just were unfathomable prior to NFTs. And do these NFTs live on a specific digital wallet that's connected to your platform? 
So wallets are what you would choose. There's lots of different kinds of wallets out there. It's almost like choosing a bank. The two most popular and most globally used are MetaMask Wallet and Coinbase. So for individual consumers, you just simply go to the app store on your phone. You download either wallet, Coinbase Wallet, MetaMask Wallet, and then that is the wallet that, that you would use to buy your NFTs. And then once you've purchased them, they live safely in that wallet. As long as you keep your wallet safe, that's where they, they will stay. So I feel like we need to go back and do a few definitions for our listeners who may not know what NFT stands for or what Web3 really means. Can you define some of these terms for us? Yes, absolutely. This is, I think, the most important piece because it's not hard, but it is definitely not intuitive. There are strange words and acronyms that nobody can possibly know until somebody just tells you. And then once you know, you've got it. So the first thing I like to do is kind of go back to like, well, if NFTs are so exciting and they're filling our news feeds, why weren't we talking about them five years ago? Like, why now? What's so great about them today in this very moment? So quick history lesson to understand. Let's go back to 1991, the prehistoric ages, basically. So in 1991, there was this thing called Web1, which was the intranet. The intranet was basically your company server would create pages that you would look up product information or your HR policy or your vacation policy. You couldn't do anything with that information, but any employee in that company could access this archive of information and read it, take some notes, and that's basically it. By 1998, this thing revolutionized. It was called blogging. Blogging was now the beginning of Web2, where those company servers would allow people to put information. But now you could interact, you could comment. And this, this idea of a two-way communication, it's called read and write, um, really opened the door for the, the world we've been living in for the past 24 years, known as Web2. And because of this, companies like Sephora and Chase.com and Whole Foods uh, have, you know, they've opened up online banking, online shopping, online dating. It's allowed us this behavior. Company servers have decided you could sell something, I could buy it. You could post a picture, I could comment on it. This idea of how we behave is all controlled by the things that the servers of the companies in Web2 have allowed us to do. I think it's important to note that when we think about Web2, we're just constantly looking at copies of the pages that a company has put on their server. So every time you go to your Chase.com account and you look up your statement, it's making a copy of what is on their server and putting it on your mobile device. And then you go home and you look up your statement again on your laptop and it's another copy being made. So if you ever lose your password, there's millions of copies of these pages that they can go back and either look something up for you or they can just simply click and reset and you're good to go because they own the server. Well, in Web3, it's very different. There are no company servers. It's this thing called blockchain technology. And blockchain technology is almost like a, a digital ledger. It's this never-ending receipt that's just recording actions. I like to think of it like a Lego tower. Lego bricks are just being placed one on top of the other. So every time something is happening in blockchain, a new Lego brick is being created and just put on top of each other. Uh, important to note about the passwords, 
when you make an action in blockchain technology, there's no copies of pages because there's no company server. It's basically creating this Lego brick to prove that, yes, did Stephanie create something? Did Courtney buy it? All these nodes, millions of nodes, which are computers run by people, are independently verifying if that was true. And if it's true, they see that exchange, a Lego brick is placed there. Um, it means that if you forget your password in blockchain, it's pulling, there's no one there to look it up for you. What it's doing is when you put your password in and you look up an action, it's actually pulling out that exact Lego piece and you're looking at the original Lego piece of information on your device. And then when you're done with it, it kind of goes back. So these nodes, these, these computers run by people are working together around the world constantly. And because of this, it's allowed this thing called NFTs to exist. Because it is undisputable time-stamped proof of actions that are happening in the order with which they're happening, NFTs can exist because you can't copy, edit, or change them. In Web 2, all those pages, companies could go back and delete the copy. They could change a story. You can't do that in blockchain. As soon as something is verified and a Lego brick is created, it's there forever. I'll say it again. You can't copy it, edit, or delete it. It's there forever. This may be a silly question, but how do you find something on the blockchain? What do you mean to find something on the blockchain? So you're saying, and hopefully people listening are wondering this too, that when you mint something and it's on the blockchain and it can't be changed and it's the official proof of ownership for something, how can you prove that? Where do you find that timestamp? Where's this blockchain you speak of? And and who created this blockchain? Where does this exist? Okay, two really good questions. I'll start with who created it. So two people, Stuart Haber and W. Scott Stornetta, created blockchain technology in, funnily enough, 1991. They wanted truth in technology. Just a simple system, a ledger that would show what happened when, and it would be indisputable. That was it. Just truth in technology. Okay, how do you find something? Because NFTs are built on blockchain, when I launch an NFT, and Courtney, if you buy that NFT, the blockchain is verifying that that action happened. And the fact that it's in your wallet is the proof. That's how you find it. If you own an NFT, it will be in your wallet. Versus if Stephanie, you just saw it and you took a screen grab of it, it's not in your wallet. So we can all see inside everyone's wallets. Everyone's wallet has a unique address. And if you go to Etherscan, etherscan.io is where you can see every action that's happening. You can look up somebody's wallet. It's just a big gobbledygook of numbers and letters. So it's public. So you cannot have any private NFT. If you buy an NFT and your digital wallet is in Coinbase and I buy these random silly NFTs, anyone can go see it. Absolutely. They might not know it's yours, but they can ah. see that it's in that wallet. Okay. So it's up to you if you attach your name and your profile to that wallet to publicly show who you are. But that wallet address is absolutely public. And it's why I'm telling you, if your crypto wallet is going to be more important than your LinkedIn profile. Because I can, case in point, I can go to LinkedIn right now and I could change my profile and say that I am the founder of Sephora. No one can stop me. 
Sephora can't stop me. LinkedIn can't stop me. I can say that. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of embellishment going on in LinkedIn and in many different ways. And but we have to just trust what people say there. That's what we do when we're we're hiring, when we're applying for jobs, we're making that look as shiny as possible, right? But in blockchain, when you go somewhere, the schools you go to, the jobs you have, there will be NFTs for that. And those NFTs will define and show your actual experience. And when those are then attached to your wallet and in the years to come, when part of your job application is to share your public wallet with a HR department or a college admissions officer, they're going to see all the events you've gone to, the countries you've traveled to, the schools you've been, internships you have or haven't done, and your actual experience. Because those NFTs are going to be dropped into your wallet from those institutions. And that is the truth serum that is going to change everything. Doesn't everyone have to then want to opt into this behavior of having every action in their life digitally recorded this way? It's no different from how most people get paid. Do you remember in the 80s, people would literally line up at accounting and get an envelope of cash? And and this is lawyers, doctors, grocery store, checkout clerks, you name it. And so the same kind of conversation was literally being had in the years 1998 through 2004, where people were saying this online banking, I'm never going to want to not go into my local branch and hand over my hard earned cash to the bank teller. Well, I think today we can all say I never want to do that. (laughs) So this will be a a prerequisite that just starts to happen organically the same way online payments became the norm. You know, the company you apply for, they're going to need to see your wallet. So you're going to have to start opening a wallet. Colleges are going to need it. Your healthcare is going to need it. It's going to start happening organically. It's not going to be this, you know, band-aid, you know, is pulled off and now all of a sudden your whole life has to shift. Like anything, it's a very organic rollout that will probably take five to 20 years. And we will be in a place in year 2042 that we'll think that it's crazy that we ever used to trust this thing called LinkedIn where people could just tell you what they did. I want proof what you actually did. I can't wait to play this episode back in five to 10 years (laughs) for everyone to hear. (laughs) How did you learn all of this? I've joined different groups, tried reading things on on the internet. And for me, and, and I consider myself to be very tech savvy and I I am starting to to grasp the concept more and more when I have conversations like this, but where where do you go to for this this type of information? So for me, I think it's a little bit of deja vu. Back in 2007, I was working for a, a big global sports and entertainment agency called IMG. And we represent clients like Heidi Klum, Roger Federer, Kate Moss, you name it. And I remember having these conversations in San Francisco, going down to Facebook's headquarters and trying to explain to my own IMG team, this thing called social media is a revolution and our talent needs to be a part of it. They're going to be able to connect directly to their fan base. And there was huge resistance back then. Oh, no, no, no. We need managers. Managers need paid ad campaigns. That's how talent makes money. This idea of going direct to the fans feels like it's rife with lawsuits and liability and how are we going to contain, you know, our ability to make money? And now, of course, that just seems ridiculous. And that same hesitation is the same thing here. 
So I think that sense of learning came from my experience in the social media birth, if you will, but also just I am a notoriously, annoyingly curious person. I like to put myself in the middle of conversations where I probably don't belong and then absorb, learn, and try to connect the dots. And that's the phase we're in. There's no one place right now that's going to just be your one-stop shop to teach you what you need to know about Web3. It is listening to podcasts like yours. It is being a part of the Discord communities that make sense for you and really absorbing how is Web3 relevant to you as an individual because all of us are going to have different needs and experiences. If I'm in healthcare, I'm really curious about how it can change the admin. If I'm an art collector, I want to understand how this will transform my ability to discover new artists and make money from investments. So it's really going to be based on how your needs apply in Web3. And it's just, it's good old fashioned doing the work, doing the research yourself, and then find your people to keep talking to. Hi, entrepreneurs! You know, I am always here to provide you with as much value as possible. So I wanted to be sure that you have access to the Entrepreneurista Agenda, our weekly newsletter where we share the latest business news, success stories, grant opportunities, as well as all of our favorite resources and special offers for founders just like you. You can sign up to join our weekly newsletter and join over 50,000 other entrepreneurs over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash newsletter. That's entrepreneurs.com slash newsletter to subscribe to the Entrepreneurs Agenda. Michelle, you have really opened my mind to what the future of NFTs could be. And I'd like to know, Stephanie and I are involved in several different businesses, but our first business is, is Social Fly, and it's a social media marketing agency. So for an agency business, what recommendations do you have to implement NFTs into the business model? Oh, I love this. I mean, you've got probably a few different directions you can go as an agency working with various brands and lots of different consumer targets through the work that you're doing, lots of campaigns. I'd say I'd keep in mind maybe a few different buckets of NFT themes. So if you have clients who uh, have brick and mortar businesses, so let's take a restaurant, for example, how on earth could an NFT make a restaurant business better? Well, there's a really good example of one. It's called the Fly Fish Club. It's a sushi restaurant in New York City, and it opened and issued 3,000 NFTs in December of last year. The only way to make a reservation at this restaurant is you have to own one of these NFTs. When they launched them, the NFTs were around 400 US dollars equivalent in Ethereum. Ethereum is the cryptocurrency people would buy it in. The NFT itself, they're all the same. They're just a little JPEG with a picture of a fish. So people bought these NFTs. They went to this restaurant. They obviously had a great time and others were curious. Well, everyone's talking about this fly fish club. The sushi is amazing. The reviews are great, but I can't get in. How do I get in? Oh, I've got to buy this NFT. So as an NFT holder, somebody is seeing this demand grow. They bought it for $400. They now have gone a couple of times and they sell their NFT on the secondary market for $1,000. So great. That person just made $600 profit. The restaurant also makes a royalty every time one of those fly fish NFTs is sold on the secondary market. 
I think from memory, it's like five to 8% they're taking. So for doing nothing, they've got this side income just coming in through the royalties of the trades. Flash forward now, eight months later, to buy one of those NFTs, it's no longer 400 US dollars, it's thousands of dollars. That is the demand, the growth of this membership just to make a reservation. You still have to pay for your meal when you go there, but this is the, the privilege of being part of that club to go in there. So memberships are definitely a great model to think about for clients who have a physical product offering space for a consumer to be a part of. That's a a good segue to my next question of how we could use NFTs for our Entreprenista League community, which is our membership community for Entreprenistas. So would love any ideas or or tips. And then my follow-up question to that is, would we partner with your company to be able to launch these NFTs? Is that what your business does? Great question. So you've got a membership-based opportunity. Absolutely, NFTs are great for that. You're providing continued value that's changing over time, whether it's content, networking, access to unique perks and benefits. These NFTs become the token, the membership card for people to gain access to all those things. You can create different layers or levels of membership that are priced differently for how they are minted or sold. Maybe you have a top tier membership where there's only 50 NFTs, and then maybe there's a general membership token or NFT that maybe has a thousand uh, NFTs. So you can think about how you package up the benefits that each one gives access to. And what happens is for anyone who has that NFT, they would connect using their wallet to prove that they are an NFT holder. And that would essentially unlock pages to your website with content, Zoom events, digital assets or perks or codes. NFTs can be so much more than just a JPEG. It could be a QR code that gives them access to come to a physical event. It could be a confirmation code that is a plane ticket to come see you in person. It could be a uh, access to a link to shop an exclusive collaboration or product drop of merch or other things that you have coming up. So think of it truly as just like this key to give people access to, not just an artwork file. That's the artwork is just what the NFT represents and looks like in your wallet. It can be so much more than that. Uh, The second part of your question, does our company do that? So we don't launch other people's NFTs, but we do collaborations. So for example, this summer, we uh, just dropped the first collaboration with American designer Rebecca Minkoff. So we have a Rebecca Minkoff X Mavion NFT that is a collection of unique Minkoff accessories, bags, and other benefits like tickets to her New York Fashion Week show. And so we align in like-minded categories of fashion, lifestyle, health, beauty with other brands and third-party partners like Rebecca Minkoff in that way. So if I were to buy one of those NFTs, I would get product and access to her shows. Is that correct? Yes. We have different tiers of those NFTs and the top tier is exactly that. 
The top tier, actually, it's amazing. There's just five of those ones where you get a one-of-a-kind Rebecca Minkoff bag. You get a limited edition uh, fashion accessory, a piece of jewelry from one of our independent designers. You get two tickets to Fashion Week. You get two tickets in perpetuity to Mavion events. You get a $500 USD crypto card to buy crypto. And then you also get gaming assets that you will drive royalties from. These five NFTs are like the king and queen of NFTs coming together in a way that fashion has never done before. We've been like going crazy. Vogue, Forbes, Glossy have been talking about how this is totally reshaping what's possible in fashion because of Web3. You know, for a consumer to have access to this full 360 where they are experiencing physical benefits, experiential benefits, and now driving royalties as an investor, that's never been done before. So that's the top tier of these NFTs. And then we have others that are minting where you get access to physical, limited edition accessories, bags, as well as the gaming assets. So they don't all come with Fashion Week tickets, but they all come with a physical and a digital benefit. Michelle, you shared that with your original business, the Accessories Junkie, you pivoted to start focusing on NFTs and Web3 sooner than you thought. So with Mavion now, what is the actual business model? And do you still run and operate the Accessories Junkie as well? So we do still operate the Accessory Junkie, but we are just seeing that the future is pushing us uh, more and more through this Web3 extension of Mavion. So, you know, we've both, we've got our hands kind of in in two places in in both Web2 and Web3 worlds. And I think the future is clear that it's going to become more Web3 as we continue down this path. Our model is really about creating opportunities for our holders to maximize their time. So I think that that probably requires a little bit of a backstory. We are mostly a female, we're a female-led team. Most of our holders are women or non-binary people. And we know two things. We know that women's time is overused and underpaid. So we wanted to create an NFT that didn't require more of your time. All the time in Discord, all the time participating in the community, that's great if you have it. Most women don't because most women are usually holding down multiple jobs. Women are more likely to be studying while holding down a job. They're also most likely to be the primary caregiver to a child or family member. So I don't want to create a product that requires a burden of time from women. I want this NFT to go to work for you every day. I want your Mavion to wake up and drive royalties and revenue in your wallet so that you can spend your time doing the things you care about most. So our business model for Mavion is that every layer in the artwork that you see, the Mavion, there's 5,000 of them, and they look like it's a person, kind of a female form with hair, makeup, clothing, accessories, background. All those layers will be activated across retail, metaverse, and gaming collaborations. And the revenue coming in from those collaborations is just driving royalties back to our holders. And also reshaping what it means as a category of interest for women. We've held, gosh, maybe 60 plus events this year onboarding women into Web3. And women understand Web3. That's, that's not the issue. We, you know, we, we have, unfortunately, a gender disparity. 90% of crypto and NFTs is owned by men. So where are the women? Well, it's not because we're not interested. We're not interested in the categories of NFTs out there. They don't want 
goblins and apes and cyborgs. Women, unsurprisingly, are looking for health, fashion, travel, family, beauty, wellness. Those six categories are the core interests of women, but they're not being reflected enough in Web3 and NFTs yet. So for us, we are bringing together all those categories to create a new dimension for how women can thrive, engage, and be rewarded in Web3. That's our model. Hey, entrepreneurs, Stephanie here. Dressing up while working from home has truly been a challenge, but guess what? I found a solution founded by a fellow entrepreneurista. It's Armoire. You can rent stylish clothes weekly or monthly right from the app. You'll spend less time shopping and you can get up to 50% off of your first month plus two bonus items. Just use the code entrepreneurista at checkout or visit armoire.style forward slash entrepreneurista to claim your offer. Look and feel your best with Armoire. I know I do. That's armoire.style forward slash entrepreneurista. All right, Michelle, this is a fun segment we love to do. We're going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. So the first word or words that come to your mind, are you ready? Ooh, okay, let's do it. All right. What is the app on your phone that you cannot live without? Oh God, I'm actually freezing. I was going to say OpenSea. I can't live without OpenSea. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite accessory to elevate an outfit? skull necklace, which is featured in our NFTs. And it's called the Jesse necklace, which is named after my awesome stepdaughter. What is your favorite business tool or solution you found to help grow your business? Sleep. There's no app. There's no other resource or asset that will ever compete with what good sleep can do for your business. What skill do you wish you could learn? Uh, speaking fluently in multiple languages. And finally, do you have a hidden talent? I do really weird things at the gym, like really weird acrobatic weights, contortion things. I think my hidden talent then is people at the gym think that I'm some kind of like Cirque du Soleil performer. So yeah, I'm, I'm Moonlight as a faux Cirque du Soleil performer. That's so funny. I love that. Michelle, all right, back to our regular questions here. I would love to hear what does a typical day look like for you now running this business? So a typical day for me, I'm living in Australia most of the time. I honestly have to jolt out of bed to stay on US hours. So around 3 a.m., I'm in bed checking emails, DMs, just checking in with the team, Slack, et cetera. I'd say I do that until about 5 I pretend to try to like get 30 minutes of sleep until 5.30 and then I'm up getting ready. I usually am on Zooms around 6, 6.30, meeting with the team, talking about collaborations, understanding what's next in our roadmap, creating all of our marketing campaigns and strategies, planning our next events. Our kids wake up, you know, around that time also. So it gets a little hectic. There's usually a little person running behind me and get them ready for school. Then we, uh, my husband's also working US hours. So he's in one part of the house. I'm in the other part of the house uh, on Zoom until about midday our time. What's nice is from about 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., the world goes quiet. 
because America goes to sleep. And so that is this gift of two hours where I can get work done. I can actually do the things on my to-do list, get that done. And then I have this great opportunity now at 3 p.m. I can pick up my kids from school. I could never do that in the U.S. At 3 p.m. on a weekday, I'm usually in meetings in the U.S. But here in Australia, it's midnight in the U.S. No one needs me. So I can pick them up. I can take them to swimming lessons and actually have, you know, an hour of quality time with them. And then it's back to email, back to work, get ready for the next day. You mentioned getting sleep. So what what hours do you actually sleep? <laughs> I literally, it's like I'm a robot now at 7.48 p.m. I can't last past 7.48 p.m. If I was standing somewhere in the kitchen, I think my whole body would just lock down and fall asleep standing up. So I go to bed pretty much at the same time my kids go to bed. And then you wake up at 3 a.m. Yeah. And your kids stay, so your kids get a lot of sleep. Yeah, kids are good. They're, they're asleep until like six. How old are your kids? Seven and just turned 10. What would you say has been the most helpful for you as a mom and running a business, being able to manage it all and do it all? Because I know it's not easy. I have a three-year-old, so it's definitely a balancing act. (laughs) It is. um, I think letting go of traditional calendars. So for any working mom out there, you know, do not hold yourself to get it perfect on Thanksgiving Day. It's okay if July 4th has to be July 17th because you have a deadline and you just need to work. My son's birthday, he turned 10 in June. We're not celebrating it until the end of July. I was traveling in New York, you know, and so I think just holding yourself to the quality of your experience, not this hallmark calendar of when you're supposed to do something. If your summer vacation with the family has to be in November, cool. Take that week in November when you can. That's what makes sense for your business. The idea of a five-day work week has been thrown out. The idea of a nine-to-five-day job has been thrown out. I don't know why we're holding on to this calendar of seasonal activities and events. That needs to be thrown out. So make the calendar work for you and get the quality time with your family or loved ones or your health and wellness check-ins as you need them for how it makes sense for you. I love that advice. Thank you for sharing that. That was the biggest unlock for me in balancing being a CEO and a mom. What advice do you have for anyone looking to get into Web3 or adding NFTs to their business? Did you make any mistakes when you first launched? Yes, and yes, and yes. So get started. The space is shaping in real time so you can be a part of it in real time. There's no one way to build something or to succeed. So just get started, get started cheap, experiment fast, and then fail cheap too. So don't put all of your resources into one specific strategy or collection or plan. Know that things will absolutely change. We have done two drops so far. And in both scenarios, the value of crypto has changed erratically leading up to it. You know, we couldn't even, in Web 2, of course, you would name a price and a launch date months in advance of what you're doing. In crypto, you can't do that. Don't announce your launch date until like two weeks before. Don't set your price until five days before. Because if crypto swings, you may completely price out your target audience. Also be ready to change. If you even make that plan five days in advance and something happens the day before you launch, 
it's okay to say we're pushing the launch back. You know, there's no physical infrastructure. There's no storefront. There's no physical press event coming in that you have to rework and, and move. So just really be attuned to the real-time events and don't be afraid to make the change on the fly that you need to. I'd say the other advice for anyone getting started is that you have a unique opportunity that will never exist ever again, which is being an early mover in the space. So what does that mean? It means right now there are more people not in NFTs than they are in. Uh, there's about 500,000 people who own NFTs, of which about 10% are women. So really small audience that we're talking about right now. That means that you as a brand have an opportunity to be that first hand outreach to your audience to bring them in the space. Be that trusted, friendly, credible voice, personality, product that gets them in. Educate them. Give, give, give before you start asking them of anything. And if you create that kind of connection, that's a loyalty that is almost unbreakable. You've educated them. You've brought them into a, a space safely. You will be with them for a long time. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing all of this incredible information. I wish we could seriously talk for another couple hours right now because I have about 50 more questions for you. So maybe when this episode is released, we can do an event for our entrepreneurial community and come chat with everyone there too and talk more about your business and all the new things in Web3. We'd love to have you do that. My final question for you for today is what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? I think it means accepting that you are on this ride for what it is. There is no guarantee of any destination. You have to love this journey. I know that we hear that often, but it is just so true. You have to feel like you want to be on this path of exploration. And I, and I do want to preface, you know, there's a lot of great things that happen and you know, the headlines we read about are always the success stories. You're going to have hard days. I think being an entrepreneurista, oh my God, I'm tongue-tied right now, means knowing that the low days are not going to be forever feelings. You're going to have days where you feel like you are absolutely hitting rock bottom. And the point that you feel like you're about to break, actually embrace that because at that point you are, but then it's only going to get better. Let yourself just break. Have that cry. Have that walk in nature. And know that when you've done that in 30 minutes, it's only going to get better. So understand what are forever feelings versus feelings of the moment, and then just get ready to ride that wave, this journey, and accept it for what it is. That is such great advice, Michelle. Thank you for sharing that. Can you share with everyone where they can find you and follow you? And of course, get involved with Mavion. Sure. So I am always in my DMs at Michelle J. Reeves on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, Michelle letter J. Reeves. Of course, Mavion World is our Instagram and Twitter as well. And yes, I think that if you're crypto curious, come see us in Twitter, in Discord. You can mint Mavions on our website. You can shop them on OpenSea. It is a uh, it's a great community and we are definitely here to help on board. If you have questions, you're feeling curious, but not ready. The Mavion Discord community is fantastic to just help hold your hand. Well, thank you. I am definitely going to finally take the plunge and open my OpenSea account. Courtney has been telling me to do this for a long time, but uh, 
you've put me over the edge, Michelle. I'm, I'm going to do it today and definitely follow you on Discord. So thank you again so much for being here. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead. Hey, Entrepreneurs, it's Steph here. Do you want to experience what it's like to be part of our Entrepreneurs League community of founders? Now is your chance. New member open enrollment begins on June 10th and so does our Experience Week. I really want you to have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be part of the most supportive community that will be here to support you at all stages of your business journey during our Experience Week. This will be a five-day virtual event series, and it starts on Monday, June 10th through Friday, June 14th. You're going to get access to live networking and learning events, business growth strategies, as well as office hours with Kim Corral, who is a CEO and serial entrepreneurista, as well as a prominent angel investor. You will also get access to a session on how to win grants with Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn, founders of Power to Pitch. Plus, our mentor, Carrie Kirpin, will be teaching a session all about how to build a profitable business that can sell for more money. And of course, I'll be hosting two info and networking sessions where you can really get an inside look at all of the exclusive benefits and resources that are offered only inside of our Entrepreneurial League community. Plus, you'll have the chance to meet and build relationships with current members. You can register today for Experience Week over at entreprenista.com forward slash Experience Week. That's entreprenista.com forward slash Experience Week to join us for a week of free virtual events. I cannot wait to meet you and be part of your business journey.